0: Hello, this is longtime Milwaukee radio personality, Steve Palick. Stand by, your next episode is queued up. The on-air light is lit. It's Season 5 of the Bait and Switch Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. It's Chris Beyer, as always, with Jim. We've got our guest for these podcasts is Dan Ronan. Dan Ronan is a friend of Mike Bovito and our listeners might remember Mike Bovito from last season where he played the character, Jimmy two iron, Jimmy two iron in terms of number of downloads. I think over the last year, the Jimmy two iron one is like the biggest. Oh really? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So anyway, I asked Jimmy two iron, uh, Mike Bovito, if he knew anybody that could be a good guest on our podcast and he said, I got a good buddy of mine, Dan Ronan, and he put me in contact with him. Welcome, Dan.
0: Hey, how you guys doing?
2: Hey Dan. Thanks for being with us tonight. Jim, good to be with you guys.
1: Yeah, and Dan has been involved and will learn over the course of these podcasts in media in one capacity or another for his career here. This half of the podcast, I thought we'd talk about what he's doing now in media, and I know that he's involved with Sirius FM. Is it Sirius or Sirius yeah. FM?
0: Sirius XM, XM and that's sorry. a part-time job. That's a part-time job I have in my full-time job. I'm the, uh, the associate editor for a publication called Transport Topics, ttnews.com. And uh, I'm a business reporter, and we cover the transportation, freight, and logistics industry. So I cover ports and fuel and uh, trucking and the amount of tonnage that trucks cover every month and uh, logistics and warehouse, real estate, and all sorts of crazy things, explaining how the supply chain works and how the food gets from off the truck, or let's back it up, from the port to the railroad, to the truck, to the department store or the Amazon Fulfillment Center.
1: We got to talk about a topic we weren't anticipating talking about, supply chains. What the heck's going on? Is this going to get fixed? How long is it going to take? Is it all this just-in-time inventory? What's going on with supply chains?
0: Oh, man. Well, the supply chains are in the state they're in because, for one thing, everybody talks about how the government needs to get involved in the supply chains. The supply chains are privately held. The railroads are privately held. The big Class 1 railroads are uh, CSX, BNSF, uh, Norfolk Southern. All those railroads, they're privately held the trucking companies are privately held. The ports, for the most part, are privately held. They're quasi-government agencies. So you got the private sector doing its thing. And you know, two and a half years ago, we went into this little pandemic called COVID. And we started having people, I mean, I've been in my office in the last two and a half years, five times. Five times I've gone to, to Washington, D.C. I've been working out of my house. So what did I need to do this? I needed a camera. I needed microphones. I needed equipment. I needed all this stuff. And we started buying massive amounts of items to make, if we could work from home, to make our lives comfortable. We also bought, even if we weren't working from home, to make our lives comfortable. We bought big screen TVs. We bought stuff. So we weren't going to ball games. We weren't going to movies. We weren't going to bars and restaurants. We weren't doing any of that stuff. So our economy got way out of balance. I mean, there's a balance between services, you know, services, hotels, airline stuff, all that stuff that's over on this side, and, and goods. And it got way out of balance. I mean, to the to the point where it was, give you an example. Before COVID, about 14% of the economy would use uh, Services where they would buy goods, where they would buy things online from Amazon or Walmart, 14%. Mm. And they said, well, to get to 26 or 27% is going to take six or seven years to shift from brick and mortar real estate to going to buying stuff online. We did that. We got to 24, 25 percent in 17 months. Wow. Not five years, not six months, 17 months. So you can see what happened. And we're still, you know, we're still got COVID hanging around. We've still got problems with COVID. Truck drivers got sick. You know, folks on the West Coast at the ports got sick. And we're still importing tremendous amount of goods. One other statistic, and then I'll I'll, I'll let you guys ask a question. Before COVID, the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, which are these two gargantuan facilities on the West Coast, they would move about 16 or 17 million containers a year, 16 or 17 million containers. This year they're on target to move 21 or 22 million containers increasing by about 25% in just two or three years. So you can just imagine what this has done to the supply chain. Wow. Wow.
2: So, okay. So in terms of the trucking industry, is there a driver shortage, or is there just so much more to move now that they don't have the drivers to, to move at all?
0: A very good source who I rely on, a guy by the name of Bob Costello, who's the chief economist at the American Trucking Associations. Costello says the industry needs about 80,000 drivers to replace those that have retired or for what, one reason or the other have dropped out of the industry, 80,000 drivers. Also, the average age of truck drivers is pretty old. I mean, if if you ever been around truck stop, you know that most of the drivers are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, because it's you know it's a job that's got some longevity if you stick in it for a while, and uh, they're they're just retiring. I mean, there's there's a lot of drivers who've sort of hit that 65, 70 range, and they've just said, you know what, I've been out on the road for 30 years, I've been in every state, I've been at every truck stop, you know what. I'm done. And that, that's part of it. And the other thing is you can't, they've just changed the law. Now you can start driving a truck under very, very, very strict supervision. And there's a whole set of rules. You can start driving a truck across state lines at the age of 18. However, you can do it in state. If you're in Chicago, you can drive all the way from Chicago to Cairo, Illinois, and back to Chicago and have a, and drive drive commercially, and do that. But if you cross over into Indiana, Kentucky, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, you're you've broken the law. But you can go from Chicago to Cairo, and it's okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we need these drivers. There's a shortage going on, as we talked about. But is there a fear in the industry of a snapback in the sense that, as you mentioned, there's a there's a shift from services to goods, but at some point that's going to equilibrate and go back to what it used to be, and there might be you know more excess capacity being built in right now, and so you might end up with a converse problem in the near future
0: well that that's something to be concerned about, and I mean if you've gotten on an airline lately, you've known how hard it is to get on an airline because you know the services and the goods are starting to balance out again uh there's concerns. Uh, back to Bob Costello, you know, Costello believes the chances of getting into a recession are 50-50. And if there's a recession, there will be, obviously, people will cut back their spending, they'll tighten their belts, do all those things that people do in a recession, you know, with interest rates being higher and the like, Uh, it'll be a problem. But, you know, I I think we're going to have a driver shortage for a while because the average age of the truck driving community is just getting older, and it's 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 a very difficult, it's a very difficult job to drive a truck, you know, coast to coast or from Sarasota, Florida to Chicago, or or, or whatever ride you run. It's a hard job, and 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 I tip my cap to those fellows and ladies that do it because it's it's hard work. They bust their butts.
2: Yeah, yep. I noticed that um, in your your little bio here, you talk a little bit about uh, autonomous vehicles how far do you think the autonomous vehicle industry, I guess you'd say is going to go and, and, and I guess how long will it take to get to the point where you can actually have these trucks that are just driving themselves around?
0: Well, they're already starting to happen. They're, they're, they're starting to happen in selected routes, uh, under very strict supervision. Uh, I was in, uh, at a conference a couple of weeks ago and, uh, you know they're running uh they were had a demonstration truck that I got in and got a chance to sit in which was pretty cool but uh they're running routes between along uh, the interstate between Dallas and Houston uh Dallas and San Antonio uh there's plans to eventually run from uh Dallas to Phoenix uh along the interstate route with autonomous now you know the trucks are there's a, there's a safety driver in the vehicle with them i mean they're not just you know bowling down the highway by themselves in most cases because they've got to test these things out. But the folks that are doing these that are in the the the, the R&D, they really <laughs> believe that, that, they're, that they can make these safer than automobiles, safer than the existing trucks that are out there. And there's a lot of sensors. There's a lot of redundancy. Uh, I think some of it's going to come down to public acceptance. You know, are you are you you know okay with 75,000 80,000 pound truck going down the road and it's being run by a computer
2: yep right yep so so that's a good question I,
0: that, and that that's a question that the public has to decide whether or not it's it's okay with but i think you'll see i think you'll see autonomous trucks running in dedicated lanes on the interstate and then the trucks will get off the highway and then a driver will get in the truck and this is the plan a driver will get in the truck and he'll take it the last 15 or 20 miles to the yard back it up drop the trailer off pick up another load get it back on the highway and get it back out on the road
1: yeah and of course let's just you know go way in the future this is going to happen 100 years from now 80 years from now 50 years from now 20 years from now uh there will be driverless trucks frequently, on the it's, it's going to happen uh, just the the question is at what pace and at what point is this going to happen
0: right, right. yeah and and, and and also the safety question you know we, we've got a real problem in this this country with transportation safety on our highways. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the numbers are trending in the wrong direction i mean we're going we're gonna to lose about forty three thousand people this year on our nation's highways in automobile accidents and and accidents of one form or another pedestrian accidents. Now we were about 34, 35,000, before the pandemic. And Mm. if you've been on the Dan, if you've been on the Dan Ryan or the Lakeshore drive or 41 up in, you know, Lake County and Waukegan or whatever, you know, people are driving like idiots and they're driving too fast and they're driving, uh, excessive speeds. And a lot of people are driving drunk. Some are smoking a little weed, and they're getting out in their cars and they're driving. Uh, autonomous trucks and autonomous vehicles may be a way to make our highways and our roads safer. And if they make our roads and highways safer, uh, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, if we 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 we've accepted as a society, and I'm getting on my soapbox here a little bit we've accepted as a society losing a hundred people a day in automobile accidents. Right. And that, you know, and that's, and, and I'm, I'm a, I lost a brother in an automobile accident. I had a, I had a brother die 40 years ago in an automobile accident. He wasn't the problem. He was a, you know, he wasn't the problem in the accident. He was run off the road, but it's, it's a damn awful thing to have happen. So if autonomous vehicles make our roads and highways a little safer, that's okay.
1: Right. And of course you mentioned or you missed probably the biggest one that a lot of people think of, which is cell phones and or maybe those onboard little TV screens that they got going on in these cars. Uh, people oh, yeah. are distracted driving is on the rise and that's gotta be a big reason for what's going on.
0: I mean, yeah. if you're driving your car and you're watching you porn or some other website, you know, with that's you know right. I've seen people I've seen people saw a guy many many years ago and uh, and many many years ago guy was driving his uh, Ford Expedition and he's driving driving the the SUV and he's got his face fully lathered up with shaving cream oh. and he's he's <laughs> uh, do, doing the blade thing Is he's driving. I thought to myself wow you mean you couldn't get up 5 minutes earlier come right. on wow. like, you couldn't get up 5 minutes earlier to to shave you know did you really have to be in such a hurry yeah. yeah,
1: we're talking about trucking and transportation. This ties into what we mentioned at the top of the show. You are uh, a personality on Sir- Sirius XM, and you do a yeah. show kind of about these topics. Let's talk about that. What the, what's the sh- what's the name of the show? Uh, and when's it on, yeah. and that type of thing.
0: Sure, it's called Transport Topics Radio. It's a Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. It's uh, four segments, half hour each. And uh, I uh, interview people who are newsmakers talking about transportation issues. We've had Secretary Buttigieg on. We've had uh, government, we had the uh, Labor Secretary Marty Walsh on a couple of weeks ago. We've had uh, members of Congress. We've had trucking industry leaders on. uh, The head of the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach we've had on. So we have people on to talk about big issues in transportation and transportation safety and uh you know it's a pretty it's just a civil discussion like we're having now i i've got you know 25 minutes with a newsmaker and uh i sort of open uh, open the conversation up we chat back and forth uh there's a commercial break you know in the middle of it uh for you know so serious can make a couple bucks but it's on channel 146 and it airs saturday afternoons at uh 1 Eastern, 12 Central, and then Sundays at 12 noon Eastern, 11 Central. And then I also uh, fill in on Channel 146, uh, which is a, a transportation channel. It's actually called Road Dog, uh, Channel 146. And I fill, on, fill in, in on various shows. Uh, give you an example. The next week, I'm doing the Monday morning drive show from 7 to 11, Uh, last week I did the afternoon news block from two to five. So I'm sort of the, when someone takes a vacation, when someone's got a day off, they plug me in, they say, you, you do it. And it's, it's, it's a cool thing to do because I love transportation. I love broadcasting and, uh, I like talking to people and and if, and it's not a confrontational type show, it's just, you guys, we want to talk about issues. How do we... How how is the money from the infrastructure bill going to be spent? Uh, We had the mayor of Zion on a couple of weeks ago, Uh, Bill McKinney. We had him on to talk about how uh, a medium-sized city is going to get money for an infrastructure bill. I had Bill Morris on, who is a former mayor of Waukegan, who used to be on the Illinois Tollway Commission. And we had him talking about tolling. So it's just kind of a cool, you know, I find guests. We had a judge on from Kenosha County. Cause I'm a Midwest guy. We had a judge on from Kenosha County over Memorial day weekend talking about if you come into court on a traffic violation, what's a good way to behave? You know, <laughs> what, what is, what do you do? Yeah. And the judge, yeah. the judge spent 20 minutes talking with us about how courtroom decorum and behavior and how to handle things and, you know, how not to be an idiot in this courtroom. And, and from the reaction I got, people thought the segment was just really cool. Sure. Yeah. Are you are you recording from your home? Yeah, I do it from here. I've got um, you can't see it because I'm looking at the camera. But all around me, I've got two mixers and I've got two computers and I've got a a, a board that goes to lost uh, to Sirius XM. And I got my big microphone here so I can do everything from home. And I, I mean, because of COVID, I this is the world I live in. This this is my room.
2: Right. Yeah, Chris, you missed it before. He was showing us the microphone. Me no. the microphone. Here, let, me, were, yeah, let me get there. There's
0: my yep. there's my yep. there's my uh this is the uh same style microphone, by the way, that Pat Hughes uses on the Cubs games. It's a uh Sure R. E. Oh, twenty. no, excuse me, an electro voice R E twenty. It's the same mic that if you look at the Cubs booth on uh the score, you'll see Pat Hughes up there.
1: I, I don't want to sound bitter, but how come we're not getting the, the, the full mic treatment?
0: because i got the (laughs) lavalier i got the lavalier on
2: (laughs) i like like the lapel mic i like
0: that yeah yeah. so it's a lavalier mic and it it sounds pretty good plus this mic isn't wired into the uh into the computer that way it's a whole different setup it's gotcha plus i do some voiceover work and when i do voiceover work i use that and it you know people i i occasionally do some commercials and stuff and there's a client who will call me and say yeah we like the way you read something can you do this so i'll I'll do some commercials. As a matter of fact, I did a commercial. Uh, it wasn't a commercial. It was a promo back in like January for a university in New Orleans. Here, you'll get a kick out of this. It was for a university in New Orleans uh, that uh, for their for their uh, college baseball programs on uh, college baseball broadcasts on radio. And okay. the play-by-play and get this. The play by play announcer was a member. I'm dating myself here. The no, the analyst. The analyst was a member of the nineteen sixty-nine New York Mets. The Mets. Mets team, the Mets team that won the World Series and you know won, you know, won the National League East because the Chicago Cubs went into the dumper. And collapsed in the 1969, and I was nine years old watching that team. And so here I am, fifty years later. I'm doing a voiceover for a guy who played on the 1969 Mets, and it was just like, how the hell did this happen?
1: <laughs> I can't keep straight all the times that the Cubs went into the dumpster, whatever year it was. There's too many times <laughs> that this happened, so I don't know which year those were.
0: Well, you guys are younger than I am. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine was the year the Cubs were the Cubs were. At April, uh, August the 10th, they were eight and a half games up and they ended up losing the division by nine games. Oof. So do the math. It's a 17-game, 17, 17 or 16-game flip in six weeks. I think they went eight and 32 the last 40 games of the oh, season.
2: Guy. Yeah. Yikes.
0: Hey, how
1: long have you been at uh, XM here now? Six years, five years, and then I've been at
0: Transport Topics for almost five.
1: I mentioned XM now there at one time there were two major satellite radio merged. companies. Yeah. There's Sirius, And then XM and they merged. How long
0: ago was that? I think about 10 years ago. Sirius XM is a great company to work for great people. It's been a lot of fun. You know, I'm having a lot of fun and enjoy, enjoy the experience of, you know, being on the radio and, you know, doing my thing with them and they, they seem happy. And so I'll keep doing it as long as they want me to. I, I've, I've never, I've never worked with Howard Stern. I've never had a chance to, you know, hang out with Howard or anything, but good people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, you can let them know. I mean, if they need somebody else, i i I mean, I would do it. I could probably fit them yeah. in.
1: <laughs> Not that you're at the the board meetings, but is uh, Sirius thriving? Is it doing well?
0: Yeah, everything. Everything I hear that they're doing well. I mean, they're they they uh, they uh, merged with Pandora, the, uh, the the streaming service. You know, about a year or so ago. And uh, I haven't read their financials or anything lately, but everything I seem to seem to think seems that they're doing okay, and they're treating me just real well. So I don't have to make complaints. How did you get that gig? How did they how they find you? Oh, man, this is a strange story. I was working. I I knew a guy in Dallas who I was friends with uh, and very close friends with. And uh, he hosts the afternoon drive show on Sirius. He's the afternoon anchor. A guy by the name of Mark Willis. Mark and I have known each other since we both covered. Are you ready for this? The Branch Davidian standoff in Waco, Texas. Okay. Mark was a Mark was with one of the TV stations in Dallas at the time. I think he was at Channel Eleven, and I was at CNN, and we met each other and you know became friendly. And then when he got the Sirius XM gig, I was doing. Uh, I, I did corporate communications. I got out of journalism for a couple of years, and I, I had uh, a corporate communications jobs and a couple of jobs in D.C., and in the second job, I was VP of comms for actually a company that is promoting autonomous vehicles. So to back your point, so I was VP of comms for this group. So Mark had me on the radio all the time to talk about autonomous vehicles, and we'd you know chat back and forth and do the radio show, and he'd you know, have me on and stuff. So one day he called me and he said, uh, he said, uh, hey, man, he said, uh, they asked me uh, if we, you know, I need a backup. I need a backup for Sirius XM when I'm on vacation and stuff. And he said, you were the first person that came to mind. He said, what do you think about this? And I said, Okay, sure. He said, well, we want to do an audition. So I said, Okay, fine. So I I went over to Sirius XM uh, uh, and their uh, corporate headquarters in Washington D.C., right by uh, the U.S. Capitol, and I did. Uh, Mark sat me down for his show. He said uh, Dan's going to do uh, these next two segments, and uh, I did them cold. And a couple days later, they called me and they offered me a contract. Perfect. You Very nice. Now you, and Mark you meant- and I are still Mark and I are still real close friends, and we talk you know two three times a week.
1: That's cool. cool. Now you mentioned Howard Stern. He's is he still the biggest draw? Do you think in XM at Sirius XM? Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, yeah. He, he's he, he's you know a tremendous talent and longevity and uh, you know a guy. He's a very very. The one thing I think that Howard is underrated. I think Howard's an excellent interviewer. Right. He really is. A, he's really an excellent interview. I know people, you know, you know, like to listen to him because you know it can be a little off color and stuff like that, but if you listen to his interviews he he does with people, he is a fabulous interviewer and gets people to reveal things and talk about things that you might never expect. And and I enjoy listening to him simply from the talent that he is, because all good broadcasters are good listeners. They can pick up on things and he's, he's exceptional at that. He's very good.
1: Yeah. And of course, like you said, he, he made his name in the shock jock category, but he's migrated to I don't want to call it serious. I don't know pun intended with the name of this uh, channel, but he's become more of a serious interviewer as years have gone on. Yeah,
0: he's very good at what he does. I mean, and obviously, anyone that can stay at that level for 35 or 40 years, you know, hey, take my hat off to him. I mean, that, that's that's pretty phenomenal. Beyond Howard, what are some of the more popular programs on Sirius? Their music, uh, their music channels are very popular. You know, they're, they're uh, no commercial music. Uh, They've got a lot of uh, specialized talk programming. I mean, there's, there's very niche talk programming. I mean, if you are a progressive politically, they've got a progressive channel. If you want to talk about city issues and urban issues, there's an urban channel. If you want to talk about rural issues, channel 147 is, uh, you know, the uh, the rural channel, the rural and Western channel. Uh, you know, they must have a dozen or so uh, talk, talk stations that are very narrow in their particular area that, you know, are very specific to a specific audience.
2: It's interesting. Sometimes you wonder, like, can we make a whole channel about this stuff? you know like wow, there's that yeah. much to talk about that's amazing
0: all the sports oh, channels yeah. plus you've also got you've also got I listened to in the car you know back in the day we would listen to baseball games on a m radio you know w l w out of Cincinnati or w g n out of Chicago or something like that. now you can just tune to Sirius and in, in the the one hundreds and eighties or two hundreds in that range, and the games are right there, and you can listen to the. The broadcast direct with no interference, no static. There it is. Yep. Yeah, my son yeah, is a
2: big a big fan of the uh, the Comedy Channel. There's a there's a Comedy yeah. Channel that's it's got clean comedy on it, and so he's only thirteen. Yeah. So you know, so he likes to listen to Channel ninety eight. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's all yeah. sorts of stuff. So Jim, you're
1: a serious uh, you're a serious subscriber.
2: Yes, yes. Sirius did a very smart thing when they um, they teamed up with uh, auto dealerships. <laughs> so we bought a new car. Sirius came with the with the new car for three months, I think, or maybe six months. Actually, it was three months, and so you could buy another three months for like two bucks. So I did that, and then it expired. And I said, I'm not doing this. And they said, Well, would you do it for like seven dollars? Because it was going to be like thirty dollars a month, anyway. But so they somehow I forget the ones I wanted were only like seven dollars a month. So I said, like, Well, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. like I yeah. said, you know, the kids like it because they got all their goofy channels on there, with music and this and this, you know, uh, comedy stuff, and it's yeah, it's it's cool, it's fun.
0: It's Good radio, yep. yeah, it's good radio. Sure. Is. Well,
1: well, we're about to take a break, but as a preview uh, uh, to our next half hour here, uh, Jim mentioned he said, "Think about that. Uh, a whole a whole channel could be devoted to whatever." And uh, I remember back in the maybe late eighties, uh, you'll probably know this, Dan, when CNN started, people thought a whole twenty four hour news channel, a uh, news channel. How are they going to fill it, right? Yeah. yeah, how are they gonna fill ESPN? Twenty-four hours of sports. People couldn't believe it. Now you got a channel for golf, for tennis, or any number of things, or a, tr- a show about trucking.
2: Sure.
0: Yeah, I-, I lived in that CNN world for fifteen years, and we can talk about that after the break. But yeah, I can. I- I've got fifteen years in, in that CNN center and in that building. So happy to chat about it.
1: Yep, and that's what I figured we talk about uh, when we come back. We'll take a little bit of break, and we'll come right back and do the second
2: half hour. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast for the conclusion of our interview with business reporter and transportation expert, Dan Ronan. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch Podcast. Spread the word.